Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for... It's time to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. Unspun. I was just imagining this was a beer. It's actually a bubble. Bublé. Delicious. It's bubble. It's a blackberry bubble. But you could put yes. vodka in this and take it down to the beach and hide your beverage. Or in 2023, you could actually just take your white claw or your nude or your strongbow or your beer or bottle of wine with dinner, George. With the kids hanging out. Uh, I'm sorry, are you referring to Parkboard here, which is uh, they still they've made a decision to open them up? the beaches fine or the parks drinking but some. not really and it's some, still confusing sometimes. as usual that's so you know what's not confusing at the park board right now <laughs> what's that apparently how much money they have to spend on a comms person did you see this i saw it yeah they're posting yeah one hundred thirty thousand or something cap one hundred thirty four thousand and change i saw justin mcelroy post uh so all the reporters who make about half that uh <laughs> you want to do it yeah. should we do it oh my god yeah we do a job share on that one dude as a contract for uh, eighty thousand. Yeah. yeah no it's interesting well you got to admit being the comms person for park board in the last say 10 years would have been a nightmare but with that incompetence of uh management and and uh and administrator and the politicians like oh who'd want that job um i can guarantee that i would have made them even more angry as the comms person because i would listen I'm, yeah okay yeah and then i go up and be like yeah this is dumb isn't it yeah <laughs> just between anyway, you and me reporter X. Uh, yeah Boo. okay but i just wanted to can i can i you know pat you on the back here for a second because you were saying always how many how many Please. how many huh, how many podcasts are we in here on Unspun? How many have we done? Well, is what it 216, 217, I don't know, 18, I don't know, some 200 plus, I think. Years, you've been saying. Five years, yeah. Yeah, five years. People have been drinking in parks forever. Just allow it and then focus on the people who are troublemakers. Because the troublemakers have also, I mean, you're so smart, George. You're smart. Oh, it's just like, it's common sense. Come on, it's like, seriously, dudes. I don't get it. It's just ridiculous. You go anywhere in Europe, nobody could care less. And if you're if you're if you're going to be such a tight asses about drinking in our parks and allow the private sector to start opening up places for you to drink and patios and things uh, across the city. I've talked about Jericho, like the, that giant parking lot, almost as you head up towards UBC. Like, can we not do something there? I mean, it's just it's a parking lot. You can easily put in a row of beautiful studios and we don't have enough places to drink uh, that are paid along our waterfronts in the city, uh, park board, because they don't allow it. And now they're being still uptight about, okay, if you're not going to let me go to a restaurant in your parks because they don't exist, then just loosen up, man. Come on. It's not a problem. It's not a it's problem. Not a problem. I think you have a multi-million dollar idea right there. Can you imagine the, the the revenue that could be made? And you're not going to be blocking anybody's views because it's Pacific Spirit Park up and behind there. If you just did a series of, you've been to the Jericho Sailing Center, right? That, mm -hmm. that yeah. grill where you can sit on the patio yeah. there and look out above where you bring your boats to and from and store the boats down yeah. there, Jericho. Something along those same lines, even put it on stilts. So when you there's could, flooding and you would still and have the same amount of parking, you could actually make you'd make more money from the parking because you have to dig down one, have two levels of parking. Above it, 
beautiful studios and restaurants and with the slightly high up so you can see over the embankment there uh yeah. ocean view uh open Imagine year round hey why not put a pool down there too while you're at it please thank you can we talk quickly about that because we got we got some mail um we got on, some mail we got some mail speaking of park board because kit's pool is opening this mail. week uh -huh. you got mail great movie it was referenced in ted lasso i felt so vindicated for people who bugged me about loving that movie um <laughs> sorry i digress kit's pool opening this weekend but you still got to book online. It makes me crazy. So I, I yes. said that publicly and then someone came yes, back dude. and they're like, they're going to need to book online when, when the new development is done down there. Um, the, 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 what is it? Yeah. The 5,000 rental units or 10,000 more people. Like there was some like, you're going to need to sign up for that pool. It's just the way it is. It's like more people. And I thought, to myself, are you telling me not putting any facilities in those, in those residential units for people to swim in like, or anyways. Okay. So that's the reason I, I don't I I'm I'm gobsmacked, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Restricting it more is the way to to do it. It was fine for my entire life. Pre COVID. I'm 55 years old. I'm double nickel nickels for my entire life. And you I've can lived kick here. and you can stretch. I can and kick and can stretch. Kick. I, and yeah, <laughs> kicking it into 50. Yeah, I know what you're doing. there. Um, but I would stand in line at kids pool. I'd wait, I'd patiently wait in line with my, like my little yeah. kit. Um, and then I'd go and I'd do my mile and then I'd grab my stuff and I'd leave. And some families would be there all day. And how great is that? What a beautiful place to take your kid when you're living in, you know, 500 square feet with your entire family, mm -hmm. uh, which is reality for so many people. It's just insane to me that anybody can say that you must book three days in advance online in a 15 minute or 40 minute window in order to swim in our outdoor pool that our taxes pay for it's just insane to me <laughs> well this and, isn't uh, the bigger excuse story. Me, we have a little bit of the technology that could exist now even if you did the lineup system because it's right on a beach there and so generally would you know if i would go to the lineup there's a pool and i can't get in hey the beach is right there i'll just go to the beach i guess sorry kids but you know now you have everybody has a cell phone you go there sign up whatever digitally and then you go to the beach and you get texted when you your spot comes available if you want to have a booking system that should be what it is because it should be you know let me just show up i don't up want a booking system i don't that would just be a, you're in the, you're in line swim. and yeah public swim was not broken public swim was not broken you want to make sure you get in that pool get there early you know the pool it's, I used like, to swim at in langley is still open like this little teeny pool that we swim at the langley park and uh it's still the same pool it's literally the size of uh, like teeny and yeah it was like it's, just, it's still the same pool and you just same, same process pool. same process same just process. go show disneyland up. has it figured out millions of people go to disneyland so this density argument is bs uh, speaking well, of density, also we said this just build more pools please can we how, how about that can you just how, and that? as you say how about we keep this pool open year-round there is no reason to not keep this you pool looked open in the ocean round. where people are swimming in january clearly there's people out there willing to throw themselves in the water in january i don't know that's me, not me but that's you okay so i'm going to give a trigger warning to the nimbies <laughs> out there trigger warning okay. um been on the radio this week filling in for jill bennett and i had the opportunity to speak to a bunch of people but really uh, pick the brain of richard zussman about this housing supply act uh that was announced yeah and the yeah. naughty and nice list of municipalities yes. that are going to be governed but you once again george affleck i'm bringing my arm across and patting you on the <laughs> back because you've said since day one of this podcast there should be a plan a community plan done a city plan done and then once those plans are put into place don't relitigate things 
build things. Yeah. And this is actually Sam Sullivan, uh, former mayor, talked a lot about and had a, a, a replacement for the public hearing process. Because once you have a uh, the, the zoning in place of some yeah. form, and then why are you going back to public hearings? What was the one that was happening? This, 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 you know, like the, the any, anyways, you think of all these neighborhoods. We have community plans with density set up. Why is council being tortured, you know, for days on end when they've already been approved by the community that this is the and density doing, that they'll take? I think you're thinking about eighth and Arbutus, right? You're probably like, what was the one that was just relitigated? Yeah, that, but anything and then right now, by the time it came back, but also the shifting of, well, you know, yes, that seven story building is approved. Okay, great. And then the permitting takes five years and now we need more. So we're going to make it 14 stories. What? Well, no, we approved you for seven. Okay, well, let's right. take it back to council and talk about it being 14. Well, no, because we're going to go to the next person on the list and, and approve your seven story or whatever building that fits into the check marks that we've already, but it, it clogs up. There's a log jam, right? Well, and the, the developers, process yeah, the, well, there's that and the developers are, you know, if, if and, and that area needs a community plan. It's uh, upper case, I think, that area, and, and it never had one. And so it doesn't really have a proper zoning and community plan that hasn't been done. There hasn't no. been a community plan done now in the city, except for the city plan or whatever it was called, Vancouver plan, whatever. The Broadway That's four and a half corridor, years ago. So the first, yeah. yeah, so the Broadway would be the only community plan that was done since, well, I'm trying to think two years before I left because we approved the Broadway plan process yeah. when I was there six years ago. So now that's the only, and I don't, haven't heard of any community plans in the pipeline right now. You look no. at Southeast Vancouver, you look at all these areas all along. Uh, I've talked. They're doing the before. neighborhood plans. They're doing like neighborhood plans. Yeah. Well, there's every neighborhood is different. vision plans kind of things. Yeah. Like the, the future, yeah. but you, I want density plan. So yeah, this, this, this naughty list, even though Vancouver yeah. is uh, as far as volume is much higher than most other like compared to West Van, I mean, come on, and Victoria, who hate, don't do anything. Um, Victoria is actually the good ones. Oak Bay is the troublemaker over there. Oh, Victoria okay. Which is, is gets approved. Me, oh, who lives in Oak Bay? Oh, the former premier of our province. Yeah. Um, I thought he was in Saanich. I thought he was Oak Bay. Is it Oak Bay? Oak Bay, Saanich. Isn't that the same area? I don't know. Similar. Saanich is a little bit better. It's still in there, but Oak Bay apparently is the one that's like super nimby. And I don't know this for sure. I've never spoken directly to people there. But West Van, you're right. Uh, Oak Bay is another, according to, I was uh, speaking with Richard Zussman, he talked to Keith Baldry about this immediately following the press briefing, but I found it interesting how unprecedented, and you called it, George, I know I sound like I'm blowing smoke here, but I'm really not, I didn't tell you ahead of time that I was going to do it, but you did say at some point, if municipalities don't get their collective yep. shit together, the province will have to step in. And this is the province Dude. stepping in and saying, if you guys don't start creating a clearer path to fix what's because we got immigration happening, even if you're building at the max capacity, mm -hmm. we're still not going to have enough and it's still going to be expensive. These are all the things. So the question was carrot and stick again, what we always talk about, what's the stick was the question. It's like in six months, if these municipalities aren't doing this, then what? And there wasn't a clear answer to that. But I think huh. this might be one of those ooh, situations ooh. where it kind of gives governments that mm. got in based on protective nature of certain like, oh, he'll protect our neighbor, she'll protect our neighborhood, whoever it is. Um, yeah. This with the province will be like, they can't now because we're well, going to change I, this now. Yeah, they, I, I think it's an effective public relations tool for cities to use because uh, they'll and even if they get forced to do it, they can go, well, you know, we would never have done this to you people, the right. province, they're evil. You know, yeah. that's what they do, you know, I'm sorry. And and cities in the 
governmental structure is that cities work at the pleasure of the province. They are a, a, an appendage of the provincial government. I know it's painful to, to hear that, but really municipal governments are an appendage to the provincial government. Uh, they're not, uh, and Vancouver has its own charter, but it's still a charter that the province controls as we have the municipal charter. These are controlled by the province. They can change things anytime they want, uh, right. but they have to think about the politics of that. So that would be the challenge for a guy like David Eby, who lives in the most NIMBY neighborhood in in Vancouver, uh, you know, my that's neighborhood, not gonna, yeah, that's not going to help him uh, get reelected. Uh, could lose him uh, his election. So interesting though that this week this Vancouver uh, government made a, an amendment to a, a, a staff report that Councillor Adrian Carr from the Green Party was very upset about, which was basically changing what was written about affordable housing, social housing, corny, but to all housing needs to get built, basically. I mean, this yep. is really dumbing it down a lot, but basically saying, we just need to build shit. We need to build housing. Just build it. Uh, yeah. And uh, because it doesn't matter if it's strata, it doesn't matter if it's just build more. And uh, the, the market has a certain, it will determine a lot of that uh, because it's very effective. Right now, building rental housing is a very uh, um, uh, lucrative, lucrative business. Yep. Um, yep. But of course, government, has to be involved in social housing. That's the people, whether it's through tax incentives or through just funding it. That's their responsibility and their role. But don't stop uh, private sector momentum uh, like we have been doing, certainly in Vancouver, for 15 years now. We stopped private sector strata construction in favor of subsidized rental market rental housing that is fake market a fake subsidize it's like literally the first renter gets a deal and after that and that's know, it yeah. it goes from like two thousand dollars a month to six thousand dollars a month for the same apartment because right. guess what we live in a market economy and everybody so let's just get our head around that but also governments need to take responsibility and build this social housing that is absolutely needed that is not going to be built by the private sector unless it, there is a high high incentive for them to do that but you know, one of the things that guess what you benefit from if you let the private sector do its thing and build market housing is you get more taxes, you get more people spending money, you create a more robust economy. The money comes you get in neighborhoods back. From taxes you get neighborhoods back. Exactly. But even if you pull it back from it being about money and taxes and government, it's like when when Kits when Kitsilano was a predominantly rental community, when lower kits, right, down near the beach, the, the slope up that, you know, the, mm -hmm. that starts at Cornwall and works its numbers up to, you know, call it 12th Avenue. Let's just that block of kits between Burrard yeah. and McDonald from Cornwall to 12th, that chunk. When that was predominantly rentals, when it was big old character homes that had like, I don't know, 20 teenagers living in it. Like that's, I grew up in that. I know that you spent some time down there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I, my first ever, studio apartment that I had to myself was the crappiest little studio 2057 West second Avenue. So it was second in Arbutus still there. and it was yeah, still, still there, still probably $4,000 a month. Yep. Same building, same little cube of people, you know, the, the swinging windows that opened right out to the people who parked their cars, you know, back, yeah, yeah. you know, sleeping mm -hmm. with exhaust as you nice. do. Loved it. Loved it. But you'd go down to the King's head and you'd have to wait in line to get in to have brunch there. You would have to, to get into the Zen Cafe, forget about it. Like it Some was, things never change. <laughs> it was thriving and fantastic and it was fun. 
And, you know, yeah, sometimes it got noisy in the summertime. Who cares, man? That's where the no fun piece of it has come. It's like everybody bought up their spots. Now it's all condos and stratas and you can't skateboard here and you can't park there and you can't entrench renters sure sure but you can't park anywhere you can't you can't get there you know unless you want to bike from surrey you know like you can't coming from tawasan to go down to kits it's it's oppressively expensive to find a place to put your vehicle and Mm -hmm. and it's unreliable to get from tawasan to kitsilano and back you, you know after a certain time of night you can't get back if we Unless built a new have, bridge, you know, maybe. Or public transit that ran 24 hours a day. Like there's so much to this that it's just like, come on, common sense. So a couple of commonsensical things that you said five years ago that are finally coming to the fore. So I want to talk about um, a couple yes. of other things. Okay. Um, the, what did you, let's go to Alberta for a second. Cause we talk about conservatives yeah, and, that, right? and, and anyway, you did. I mean, how many more times? Okay, I also I'm, now I'm the, mad at you. I don't want you to be right anymore. Can we stop called this? The def, I called the, uh, the the debt thing in the States, too. I said, come on, this is the game. Yeah. And then, you know, was. But I yeah, was going to yeah, get no, to that, but now you're just bragging. <laughs> but the Alberta thing, I mean, I, I can't see how an NDP would ever win there again unless there's absolutely terrible administration. It's just... I just don't think it's... It's just not in their nature in Alberta to... to the, the, the challenge is that the... the that the um, the liberals there, the federal level kind of the centrists are having a real challenge. They don't want to go NDP, and they don't want to, you know they're floating there. So a lot of them just kind of either didn't show system. up or they yeah. uh, they threw their vote to the the conservative side because they really didn't want uh, NDP, uh, which it's just not in their blood. But it was a razor thin majority, like in terms of who I was speaking to over the last couple of days on radio because we were covering it. People mm. saying, you know, it plays out different on the ground in Alberta than here. Okay. The fact that there is even an official opposition in that province is astounding. Yeah, that's true. That's true compared to say, yeah, thirty years ago when thirty, it's had, been an entrenched know, uh, Ralph and all those guys. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't say it's yeah. a. I would say it's a pretty solid majority, but you know, they only have they have less than a hundred seats in Alberta. So, <clears throat> you know, you have right. uh, I think they're fourteen seats ahead of the other the opposition. That's a pretty. You're not going to have fourteen people not show up. So. Yeah, but the razor thin part is that some of those seats were won by less than a hundred votes. Oh, in, within ridings, yeah, but mostly yeah, in Calgary. but like in many ridings. Um, but yeah, yeah, well, I had I had the um, the global I did say I think Calgary in would Calgary. Have, in Cal- yeah, I think I did say that Calgary was where we had to watch. I believe I said totally. That you were right. You're right. Okay, <laughs> let's see what you're wrong about. Mm, <laughs> wrong. Um, what about this with Justin Trudeau? We're going federal now. Speaking of the Liberals, uh, Justin oh, Trudeau. You know, this is something you and I talked about. Like this is where we're both right. You, we've said this, like, just hold the hearing. Write it down. We both have been saying this, like, dude. Just have the hearing. Know the room. Like, read the room. Canadians are like, just, there's spies in our in our midst. <laughs> let's, let's hunt them down. I mean, obviously, David, this is, we're talking about Johnson getting pressure now and this whole thing and getting fired and all this stuff. And right. they're pushing this idea of uh the ndp is now supportive of it they've done the polling clearly when you talk about spin when we're talking this is what this is about the polling right. is showing the parties the the block and the ndp that they're like people are saying uh yeah can we have a hearing please uh the yeah. problem is and i don't think david johnson is wrong in that there's a lot of information that just can't be pre- presented um but i also if you don't think anybody, he's corrupt 
Can we just add that yeah. here? I also don't no. think this man no. is corrupt. No, of course not. And that's not. what, but that's what's being put out there by Pierre Polyev, and now, um, you know, Jagmeet Singh, the leader of the NDP, is saying, you know, oh, he is appointed by, and he is part of, and he knew the Trudeau family, and he has Trudeau Foundation, and da, da, da. it's like, okay, okay, okay. That's the unspinning. That is, they've decided that they need to push this forward, however they need to frame it to get it there. And unfortunately, yeah. somebody who is dedicated his entire life to public service is big, is getting, you know, his reputation raped well, right now. And it's just not right. He, ironically, what it's the, what he's guilty of is being absolutely honest in what will be the end result of this public hearing process, because it will happen, um, yeah. is that they'll come to the same conclusion. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the whole thing we did with the casino and all that stuff here. What, yeah. did, what did we achieve? What did we achieve? Anything? Really? No. We learned that we need more policing of this which we found a smoking gun maybe a little bit you know that maybe they cut back in that department too much or this or that yeah. but yeah. did we need a how many years did that thing go on for how much money did too we many. spend on it but Mil sometimes you just got to give the people what they want and so sometimes you do um that's where david johnson is just going well that's not my job i'm not a politician here i'm just telling you what basic principles of how things work and i and i you know i have people i know in the spy world and uh in the you know that say like when you talk about a lot of these uh this information and all this a lot of it comes from hearsay and it's guesswork and it's, it's a lot of spying the thesis. it's, it's yeah. a lot of guesswork it's and, a game and, of telephone and, yes yeah. so you yeah. really you're not going to prove much you're not going to be able no. to you know arrest you know chinese ambassadors or it's just what's what's going to be achieved here is satisfaction that something was done that's it yeah and sometimes that's good enough and who knew what when doesn't really help when what's happened has already happened and that is targeting people uh you know the chinese government targeting people in this country and and now the news is that um justin trudeau is looking at having rcmp security details for mps because of how people are being targeted and and what that made me feel like as somebody who has been targeted as a member of the media by doesn't matter who fill in the blank who the harasser might be how about we protect everybody how about we look at protecting people from harassment and holding those who would harass to well, account and yes, and that I, can I, be within this own within this country it is operatives in this country who are doing it you can identify who they are punish them so that that acts as a deterrent and that can well, be across the board that's what's yeah, missing in but my I, opinion. I, I, I'll speak from I know that you have that, that experience but is a politician former politician and have experienced intimidation and experienced uh 6 the, years ago in, it's different George I'm going to no, be no, frank. The, no 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 I'm just different saying now. the influence yeah. of different. of what would be considered a spy network uh I had to, I I I saw it you could see it and you know you saw the mayor of Portland Brad, he's been talking about this for a long time. Um, he was very vocal about that. What I think Brad right West. now, the best outcome that's come from this is that there are more Brad West out there. They're saying, yeah, I, I, there's Good. a problem here. You had Jenny Kwan saying this week that she was yeah. felt like she was being intimidated. What is intimidation, though, in politics is quite often uh, more related to uh, nefari nefari nefarious kind of creepy, scary shit. Like we're talking people you know private investigators following you look taking pictures of you trying to find stuff to, to to blackmail you or these are the kinds of things that are happening potentially that's what's been happening we know that this is the spy world we know this exists um and the fact that uh politicians are willing Set. now to come out and yeah. say that this is happening to them 
um, is a big step forward, I think, because it's scary uh, to say those kinds of things, because on one hand, you don't think it's true when it's happening to you. You really, you know, and, and I've ha I had a few scenarios when I was in office, I'm thinking, is that what's happening there? And uh, you, you kind of just push it. That's not that, that that doesn't exist. Now we know it exists. And now politicians can come out and without being embarrassed to say, I think I was being followed. Oh, you're just paranoid. No, I, I, I'm being followed. Uh, these are things that are happening. And it was happening when I was, I know it was because I was followed. And, and I know, I, I think you missed so. my point a little bit, because there's nothing uh, you're being paranoid about receiving death threats. Uh, been on the receiving end of those, uh, seen scientists, been copied in on scientists receiving those. And my point was, I think we are we are catching the tail of the comment, a comet on this, um, and we need to catch up. We need to catch up. Everybody deserves to be protected. Of course, you shouldn't be followed. Of course, you shouldn't. You also shouldn't be doing anything you can be blackmailed for in politics. And there are people that are doing that. Uh, there are a lot of people covering their asses and tracks on things that they knew when and don't want to see um, come to light. For sure. People have used mm -hmm. office uh, for influence. For sure. That's the unspun of the fact of the matter. And that's what works against uh, all the great people in politics. It's similar to media, people who would twist the narrative for their own benefit or for, for political gain or because of influence by anyone, whether it's corporate or internationals, uh, makes the whole media look bad. Scientists who twist the data that they have to, to fit their narrative make it bad for all of it. It's like a bigger, it's a bigger, problem today because of the social media piece. And that leads me to the place that I hadn't even told you I wanted to go in this. I went to a uh, a dinner the other night um, at a mutual friend of ours, actually, Sandy Garasino, uh, had um, the team from McGill who have Francis Haugen, the whistleblower from Facebook. Are you familiar with Francis? If you're not familiar with Francis Haugen, H-A-U-G-E-N, look her up. She's written a book about this. She worked at Facebook. She worked at Meta. Oh, yeah, she yeah, knows yeah, yeah. How, yeah. She's seen behind the curtain and she is like, guys, we are behind. I actually just quoted her with catching the tail of the comet because she's like, mm -hmm. you, the, social media and big data right now, working in an ecosystem without checks and balances is like big tobacco back in the day where the Marlboro man was on the, the billboard and everybody was smoking cigarettes and they knew it caused cancer, but they didn't say anything. It's like seat belts in the automotive industry saying, you know, when they started the campaign of not safe at any speed, they knew forever that cars were dangerous if you didn't buckle up. And that's, so now we have seat belts and now we have warning labels going on all, like down the end of a cigarette as of uh, now in Canada, that's coming into play. And with social media, we have no checks and balances in the ecosystem or how your data is used or mined. It's changing and evolving. And, and there's so much we don't know, George. I think that's, that's, that's a big part of, of the, the difference between now and she was referencing actually literally six years ago as when things changed. We're catching up to six years ago now. Well, we a lot more restrictions and actually interesting because of our topic for my the campaign university tomorrow, our first live Facebook is yeah. is how social media has changed for politicians and how it's actually much more difficult to much do difficult. what you could do four years ago, especially on two of the platforms. So, hey, if you're interested, uh, go to the campaign university on Facebook and join our and sign up to our if you're into politics, it's really for Paul want to be politicians. Not just yeah. for everybody so but we're talking about that because uh and, and there are ways to 
you know, because it becomes challenging for really competent politicians to succeed if they can't advertise anymore. Yeah. So we're going to talk. Kareem a bit about was that. there. Kareem was there, and he brought that up. He yeah. brought up how how you used to be able to reach the audience, and mm -hmm. how you have to pivot to try and do it because the algorithms work in a certain way that you have to kind of feed in on what gets clicks and likes and what you know sparks the anger yeah. honestly <laughs> frustration well, and anger that that's that always worked in, in any medium you know you can no, but the, the ai has shifted honestly read francis haugen's book mm -hmm. just to get yeah, no, a little taste of that and go to campaign university platforms because <laughs> i'm buy them all the time but uh yeah no it's it's definitely a challenge in fact i did a huge launch this morning for a client and there was one word uh it's on facebook that was in the ad that the ads got shut down and you're like oh for god's sakes and it was because the ro robots are telling us that this word didn't work but it was not true and so then you have to find a human at facebook which is not easy and we have to reissue and put in a complaint and we're talking you know a lot of money uh, on, on facebook that we're spending and uh it's very very challenging sometimes because of the the robots have taken over on facebook and and on the ad side uh and on the content side um it's become more challenging, but Twitter, that's why Twitter has become much more um, interesting to watch as much as people might hate Elon Musk. Uh, there's a lot, and you might say, there's always a lot more uh, horribleness, but he did get rid of a lot of the bots. He's cracked down on the bots because you know, and I know, the bots were always attacking me when I was an office. It was a swarm, like, it was a swarm. ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, who is this person that send, you know, it's not even a person. And you, you know, and that, that's all stopped. And they're all Good. saying the same thing. They were saying the same thing. Yeah. It was almost like, yeah. But I, and, and I, I will say that more and more recently, I'm going to say in the last three months, I have more people say to me, I follow you on Twitter. I know you on Twitter. I know because of what you put on Twitter. And I'm like, wow, I do so mm -hmm. many things. It's surprising to me that that is what's garnering. I must be landing on people's feeds in a way yeah, that, I think because uh, your content is real and I think yeah. you're being rewarded for that and then you'll see in my feed is changing quite a lot where I'm not gonna be talking so much about local politics and more about the kind of stuff I'll be talking about in this campaign university thing more about like you look right. at my post today there's some promotional ones but there's also some content rich ones and it's really focused on uh you know and, and so we'll see it'll be interesting to watch my uh my algorithm change on my on my Twitter feed over the next several months to, your, to see how it changes we need your Twitter feed uh we need your address you're at george underscore affleck, affleck. <laughs> george underscore affleck i'm at jody vance jody with a y at jody vance on twitter and instagram and george is a very fun follow i'm sure you will not be able to stop yourself from chiming in on local <laughs> stuff as well and of course unspun podcast uh is on twitter at unspun podcast but you can find us at unspunpodcast.com and now that you're back from your weeks away and you were giving me shit for not retweeting enough you go on vacation and it's my fault our numbers are lower please i'm mad at you george uh, spread the word people spread the word we did we want more viewers and listeners at unspun we will fight next thursday i will meet you here to argue with you again my friend see you later see ya <laughs>